0: I need something smuggled out of the city. It's just cargo, Joel. I just want some simple gear enough to set me on my way. I reckon it's got something to do with that girl. It's got everything to do with that of a girl. Can't be any worse than in here. We're shitty people, Joel. It's been that way for a long time.
1: We are surviving.
0: This is our chance. It is over, Tess! What are you so afraid of? the Lines, a first ever for our series when we explore the philosophy of an award-winning video game with Neil Druckmann. Welcome, I'm Barry Kibrick. Neil is the creative director of the acclaimed video game The Last of Us. Along with director Bruce Straley, they created a game that set a new standard for the genre. From its cinematic beauty to its moral philosophical content, it rivals many works of literature and film. Whether you ever played a video game or only heard about the negative aspects portrayed in the media, prepare to be enlightened as we explore the deep issues that have plagued mankind since the beginning of time. I'm a writer today because I was a reader when I was 11 years old. And it was... You e- you do not need to prove your state of
1: happiness to anybody.
0: Most of these speeches were as much as a month in preparation. Characters, the heroes and the spooker seekers of truth in and, and a story that, that involves a lot of corruption. You don't get a chance to really talk about what's real. No. And that is it Neil, welcome to the show. This is a first for Between the Lines. We have never done a video game before, but my son said to me, Dad, this is one you must do. It was that
1: simple. He said, It follows
0: your philosophical take.
1: Uh, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, we'll see how much we can discuss and uh, get into that.
0: Well, we're going to because I always offer, even though my viewers know, I am going to discuss strictly the philosophical, moral, all the issues that have faced mankind throughout history, I'm going to bring up because this game has elements of it that one could talk about that way. But since it's fictional, would you like to give a little brief something about what it's about? Or if you're not, I'd be happy to.
1: I mean, I could just say at its core, it's ultimately, a, it's a love story between a father and a daughter. and uh, And the kind of very human journey that they go on Um, and it's surrounded right by this horrible infection that has kind of devastated mankind Um, but it's at its core the thing that we kept coming back to is that relationship that bond between these two characters
0: and uh,
1: also it's not only the
0: bond between those two characters but it is a sense the struggle as, as my son Eli said it's the struggle of humanity and its ability to struggle and survive
1: Yeah, one of the things that uh, Bruce Straley, the game director, and I, like um, what we call the B story of this, like the A story is Joel and Ellie and kind of their struggles and their arcs. But the B stories we wanted to explore is like once society collapses, once kind of the government, the rules that we know, the conveniences that we know are gone, what's left of mankind? And we kind of, as these two characters go on this journey, every place they stop, we kind of explore a different faction and how they deal now with the lack of supplies, or the threat of the infection, or the infected, or the threat of other humans. So that's kind of explored throughout the the journey.
0: Well, let's explore this journey a bit, because one thing that was interesting is I started to physically play it, and I couldn't. I, (laughs) I have not played video games. It was difficult. So my son did the physical manipulations while I watched it, and I... One thing that was extremely unique for an experience for me as someone who's done this with films, television, and, and uh, books mostly, in fact, on this show, was for some reason the, the, the storyline as well as the philosophical underpinnings, because I guess it's so visceral when you're playing the game and controlling the character or you know that the person next to you was controlling it, it sticks in your mind even deeper on one level mm. than a, a, a great work of literature or a, a cinematoc- cinematic uh, masterpiece to some extent.
1: Well, that's the the benefit, I mean, the the of, of making this game is that we knew we could leverage interactivity. We knew we could leverage mechanics. And, you know, these characters are under constant duress, constant tension that we could then replicate through what the player is feeling. Uh, so that when, let's say, I'm... Um, Slammed against the wall as Joel and Ellie picks up a brick and throws the guy and, and gives me a, a, a reprieve, a, a moment to kind of collect myself and save myself. It's like I'm forming a bond with her through actions that I'm taking. And, it's, it's, and again, it's something completely unique to video games. No other kind of form medium can get you to feel that kind of connection to another character. And when you feel it, it does stick differently
0: with you you know it, it makes it it was funny I told every I told my family last night I could physically do this show without my my notes I won't because I like <laughs> to go in like you do in the game I have a story arc I want to follow but it, it's that kind of a, of a feeling with no doubt about it and uh, I do want to warn everyone though the violence of this game is intense I it cannot be denied. The violence is intense. It's rated uh, M for mature players only. But what is important is that the violence is not gratuitous. The violence is, as, as violent as it is and as often as it occurs, there's a purpose for salvation of good versus evil literally within the violence.
1: I mean, one thing we were kind of striving for, and we we would say this as we're working on the game, is never make it gratuitous, never make it over the top, just as a reward for the player, uh, but never underplay it either, because it is such a important part of the story. Um, and as far as you know, good versus evil, we actually try to approach it as like it's all a matter of perspective, right? So everybody views themselves as good, even the people you fight, right? they they're survivors, just like Joel and Ellie are. Um, but when you try to remove yourself and you try to kind of take on their perspective, you could see how they would view Joel as evil. And a lot of people have been played through the game kind of get that idea of him.
0: But you know something? I, I, I'm going to step in because I was watching this and I said, you know, at one level that would imply some form of moral relevance or moral relativity to a certain extent where from one perspective it's not. But there's things here that really do make that change. Let me, let me throw one of them out, in fact. You know for a fact that if children and women, for the most part, especially children, if children are involved with the group, that group is of a higher moral standard than those which are just men, scavengers, or hunters. It is, no matter how you look at
1: it. I I see what you're saying. But, for example, the worst group that you run into is a group of cannibals that's that's led by a very morally dubious man. Uh, And if you hear the dialogue when Ellie escapes, you hear that they have women and children. But that's a lie. Now, this is kind (laughs) of funny. I I know whom I'm talking to. I'm talking about the man who
0: created it. They don't. He says that, but you never see women and children with them.
1: That was, okay, that's interesting, because that th- that's not the intention. The intention is that you don't see them, um, so you can't directly interact with them, but you do kind of hear them. And you, there's actually, there is dialogue if you hear a woman that he's talking to, and he's saying, gather the children, hide them, there's an infected among, amongst us. So again, we're trying to say, even this really, quote-unquote, bad group have people that they care for, they care for one another. It's not just they're trying to do bad Okay, but then it,
0: I, I made him go through everything, and you never really do see those kids. Just for they the just record, you about, don't. Yeah. So I, I wanted to make that sure. Uh, there's also an interesting contrast between the ugliness of the situation and the beauty of what you're seeing. The beauty is breathtaking. I don't know how else to describe it. It is so rich in textures, so rich in uh, all sorts of imagery that contrasts so strictly with the brutality of what these people must go through to survive. It's a very interesting uh, dynamic to see pitted up against each other.
1: Yeah, I, do, I, I don't know why that contrast work. I just know that it does evoke these very interesting feelings. And early on in the project, one of the things that drew us to this genre and this world is a lot of times you see post-apocalyptic stories are very bleak, not only in the narrative, but also the aesthetic. And we felt like, oh, there would actually be this very beautiful aesthetic that as we people die off, nature would reclaim our domain and you would look down the street and see kind of the sunlight reflecting off Um, the water that has collected there, and you could swim into a lobby of a hotel and became this very inviting feeling, while at the same time knowing it's empty because everyone is dead. So those two kind of ideas really fight one another, but again, they create this eerie feeling that was very unique. Well, you know, it reminded
0: me, and I wrote it down the minute I saw it, as the Mayan culture. Because when you look at Mayan culture and you look at the ruins— uh, from what I remember reading historically, the nature overtook the culture almost immediately. It became, it literally was engulfed in a jungle, which you see happening here. You see the vegetation engulfing it. And like you said, there's a certain beauty of nature, but it does not trump the beauty of what man put down there. Man. What? Nothing. It's just. I've never seen anything like this. That's all.
1: You mean the woods?
0: Yeah. Never walked in the woods. It's kind of cool. <laughs> it's, it's a kind of an inch. And again, I know that you, you purposely want us to fight with that issue. Mm-hmm. That's part of what's going on. And I obviously have my opinion <laughs> when we when we play with it. But um, it is this destruction of mankind that no matter what is not that beautiful no matter how much the trees are growing over it, no matter how much it's a horrible thing and it's important for people to realize that distinction we're we are here to somewhat without getting even religious, we're placed here to do what we do and what we do is build and design and make and create and nature
1: grows Well it's interesting also those two ideas kind of uh, are reflected back at the two main characters. So you have Joel, someone who's lived in our world, that when he does go down the street, all he sees is death. And you have someone like Ellie that was born after this outbreak, and she goes down the street and she just sees the beauty. Uh, And again, they have this very different perspective, one because of age, but also because of the very different lives that they have lived.
0: Mandatory evacuation. Evacuate to where?
1: think quarantine zone see some places got a heads up before the infection showed up most didn't man
0: must be hard just leaving all your stuff behind like that
1: that ain't the hard part
0: this place is very quaint
1: <laughs> quaint
0: well i don't know i mean how would you describe it Empty. Yeah, that would be another way. The ultimate thing about this game is when it is over, and I'm not going to give any spoilers because I'm not going to say what happens, but when it is over, it forces you to ponder a, a number of questions. That is built into the game. You cannot help but begin to think in your mind about this scenario. And and one of the things that stuck in my mind so deeply is the question, I guess, from the beginning of mankind, what are you willing to sacrifice? And would that sacrifice be the right thing to do? And I could not help but think of the biblical story of Abraham while I was watching this because he is... Required to sacrifice his sure. son, his child, and what happens in that story. There is a similar emotional and spiritual aspect to this game that it left me with that feeling.
1: Yeah, and that's that was very purposeful. Like the the, the story is littered with these people that um, have these very kind of uh, obsession with what they believe in. Um, with Joe, it turns into protecting Ellie. With someone like Marlene, it's about restoring the the country that we used to have um, and saving the world. Uh, and then when you put those two people against each other, it's the ends. What kind of ends justify the means? I want to take some of the
0: the words themselves out a little bit and play with it. And uh, Tess is one of the characters that almost. Starts off the game to some extent, lets you know what's, you know, sets everything in motion. And her words, I just do it as far as it needs to go. And there's a tremendous aspect that never giving up. It plays through on a number of levels and with a number of characters, some you don't even ever see. But that is a statement of humanity amidst even the most horrific situation.
1: Well, for Tess, and I guess a lot of these other characters, once they find the thing that they truly believe in, the thing that they're willing to sacrifice so much for, they're willing to go to any length to get there. And for Tess, when she hears that Ellie might be immune, um, it becomes this moment of redemption for her. All of a sudden, she looks at her life and realizes, oh my God, I've done all these horrible things. If I do this one thing right... Maybe I could be forgiven for that. And she um, and she tries to get Joel to that same state. Redemption. Yeah.
0: Join us each week on the Well Beyond Medicine podcast as we explore the 80% of child health impacts that occur outside the doctor's office. Listen and subscribe at nemourswellbeyond.org. Where you'll hear pediatric experts, researchers, and policymakers from around the world discussing ways they are revolutionizing children's health. I'm your host, Carol Vassar. Let's go. Let's go, oh, oh, well beyond medicine. Another thing about survival that you bring in here, and it comes again out of the mouths of Babe from Ellie, and that is humor. In order to survive something completely horrific, there has to be, even amidst that, humor.
1: Yeah, uh, when we were working on the game, it was always pretty bleak and pretty dark, and Bruce would remind me of that constantly, and he would say, we need... It's too much, it's, it's like 15 hours of that is, is too much. Um, and he was right in that you know as humans, even in the worst conditions, um, humor comes out. That's the one thing that kind of keeps us human is uh, we try to kind of make something normal even when it's not.
0: But you took it even a step further because when, and since you said that it's okay to spoil things, when, when, when you open up Ellie's backpack, the young girl, There's the classic little knife that's in there and a few other things that one would have for survival. But what it's filled with mostly are these joke books Mm -hmm. filled with puns, some she doesn't even understand. And as I said, I always kind of in, in, whenever I go through something in any film or any book, if there's a, a, a list of things, like in this case, a list of jokes, so to speak, I always think the first ones, sort of the one that is going to hit home with me the most. And in this case, it does. It's a little pun. She opens it up and I have to be careful because I'm almost positive it's the first one because my son claims it is and he's played the game six (laughs) times. But I understand some, I was discussing it with someone else and they didn't even get to this part of it and know this. So it's kind of interesting. But hers is, and this is the exact line and it's a pun. It doesn't matter how much you push the envelope. It'll still be stationary, and I couldn't help but again think you guys are pushing the element, the envelope, and it is still something that we're familiar with it still is stationary it's a video game, but so that that kind of juxtaposition of of a pun as the first one i, don't know. I was I was taken by it,
1: yeah. I- again, it wasn't, that wasn't intentional. The, the idea with all those puns is like, we had this long list that people on the team submitted. We, we, we wanted Ellie to say, like, whenever things get too dark and you're hanging out in an area where you just might have killed a bunch of people, that she would be like, you know what? This is too much. And she'd reach in her backpack and just go down this list of, of jokes. And, and again, it's, it's the idea with her is that she's really intrigued with this other world, a world where people can just... Tell jokes, or go have coffee, or go shopping, and they're not worrying about survival on a moment-to-moment basis. And that's that idea seems so alien to her. There's also
0: notes from people that you can discover as you go, and one of them is from Ish. And there's no doubt that that had to be a playoff of Ishmael and Moby Dick because he's at sea. And don't tell me that's just a coincidence. Well, he's, th- th- wait, th- wait, 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 but, but he's at <laughs> sea. Am I correct? Yes. And he comes back and his name is Ish. So tell me that one. Go ahead. And then I'll tell <laughs> I'll, you the I'll, note. I'll
1: you. So there's this book. I think it's from the fifties. I'm not sure. It's called Earth Abides. It's one of like the earliest post apocalyptic book, books. And the protagonist there is called Ishmael as well. And it's called Ish for short. Uh, and that was one of like, really kind of main inspirations for us and the journey it's like about his whole life and how he survives in this new world after people have passed away uh but there was the boat and i we were thinking as well about uh, ishmael but it was mainly the earth protagonist
0: well because he also and again it reminds me more of the story of moby dick i didn't see the other thing but he has the first actually now i don't know if this is the first note that he has but it, and it, but it was this I have too much faith in humanity. I see that we are still capable of good. And no matter how you want to view this, no matter how ambiguous you leave the ending, you can't help but feel that come out of this game.
1: Yeah, um... And we try to infuse that with every group, even even the horrible hunters, right? That, that do things. When you, the idea was in past games, when we were ma- making enemies that you fight, we we're like, how do we make them bad? We want to very make it very clear that the people that you're killing are bad to make you feel okay with it. Here, we took the opposite approach to say everybody that you come up against. How do we humanize them so that when you kill them in these brutal, desperate ways, you feel maybe a little bit of guilt, or maybe you question a little bit, like. Am I doing the right thing here? Am I any different than them? But yet you, you constantly show us people who are. You
0: have a Sam and a Henry. No. And, and again, child, always with child. Right away, you know there's more of a morality going on here. And Henry, is Henry the older brother? Yes. And he says right away, you only take what you have to. The morality of man still shines through, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. Uh, again, those, those two are there to kind of reflect back at um joel and ellie but the other thing that henry does is he leaves joel and ellie behind potentially to die because the thing that he's obsessed with the thing that's most important for him is protecting sam
0: right that that's his own family again right. that's that we go back to abraham and yeah. the the son so uh, and by the way uh no uh, well, that will be a, a spoiler of it so I, I won't go there now i want to also let people know the the your company that you, you work with in this and that uh, you are the creative director of is called Naughty Dog. And PlayStation is the only way you can play this, right? Is it, it is, am I correct that it's, it's uh, available only on a, one particular system, one game for one system? Yeah,
1: so Naughty Dog many years ago was bought by Sony, Computer Entertainment of America. Um, so all the games we do, everything we do is for PlayStation. So this, The, the Last of Us, is only playable on PlayStation 3.
0: Now we talk about morality and I'm gonna we're about to wrap up and, and I wanna ask about this. At the end, Joel must lie to Ellie. Mm-hmm. Must. Yes. And that's an interesting never answered whether it's right thing to do or not. It's up to the player to make that decision. But it's definitely one of the key ambiguities that is
1: placed very close to the end of the story. It's, I mean, with Joel, it was, again, thinking about he has these ever-increasing sacrifices he's willing to do to to protect Ellie. And at first, he's willing to put his life on the line because he doesn't value his life very much. Then you see he's willing to put his friends and family lives on the line to protect her then by the end he's willing to essentially sell his soul by damning the rest of mankind to save her but the thing he cares for the most is his relationship with her and then he's willing to put that on the line right by lying to her he's wanting to protect her but essentially endangering that trust that they've built up over the course of the game
0: so yeah it's and and he says it uh, it's it's his exact words i'll read them as they are no matter how hard you try you can't escape
1: Past. He's past. Yes. Uh, he, he wants that redemption, but that redemption might never come from him.
0: Neil, we're about to come to the end, and I want to use the words of Joel once again. He is uh, walking through, and there's either an advertisement or maybe it's something that's on a desk, and what he comes across is a video game, and he says this, I was never a big fan of these things and I thought that was a beautiful tongue-in-cheek way of ending it and I want to thank you Neil for enlightening us that these games when done right can have a much different effect than a lot of the media makes it seem they do.
1: Yeah our medium is still so young and you know we're figuring out the language and how we can tell stories using interactivity and we feel like there's so much more we can still do.
0: I think there is and I am so grateful, Neil, that you shared that with us today. And thank you guys for joining us. Now, before Neil leaves, I'd like to leave you with these few more words from The Last of Us. You must remember that life is worth living. Find your purpose and fight for it. I'm Barry Kibrick. Life is a constant struggle and between all its ups and downs, You will find your purpose, and it is worth fighting for. Thank you, Neil, so much. Thanks, Barry. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, please subscribe or become a patron of the show at barrykibrick.com to keep it going every week. Thank you.